0: Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast, where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently, so tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology.
1: we're back certainly yeah how, how are we all doing great got a fantastic guest so i can see steve um steve Philidon, beaming in there hey steve how are you doing
2: hi guys yeah very well thank you thanks for inviting me along
1: um so where are we going with this we're all back in the studio it's a, it's a bit um a bit a bit surreal today I, know, I love
3: it good morning joe good morning how are you all
1: very good good to, good to, good to be back good to see everyone um and it's bit of a bit of a big day for us this, Steve. It's that, you the know, first time we're all back in the studio properly. Um, And it just seems like the world's getting a little bit brighter, I'd, I would say. What, what, what would you say, Steve?
2: Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, I haven't been out of the house in uh, about two years, it feels like. But um, no, you're right. I mean, just uh, I know this opportunity is there, isn't it? To go into a restaurant, into a bar and go and meet people. And kind of haven't done that or planned that yet. Um, It's just a, a little odd. I heard someone say yesterday when they, they went into... Uh, into a restaurant at lunchtime and it was empty still. It's like, no, one's quite sure whether they can or can't do it yet. It's all a bit odd.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, but shall we, um, do intros? So Steve, do you want to give us a, a sort of 30 second intro? Cause we were just talking off air, you know, I, I, I was up and looking enough to see, uh, um, you know, speaking an, an, an actual physical event. Um, just gosh, think a, a physical event, Steve, you know, um, but John, just sort of just got to give introductions and um, for our listeners.
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, the time we we last met, uh, Leon, you rightly say, I was speaking and and, uh, had my own consultancy practice uh, where I was working with companies in the UK and overseas uh, around the topic of social media, really, helping demystify platforms like LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter for for corporate businesses. Um, And then, of course, my world changed um, on December the 4th of 2019, just a few months, weeks after we'd met, when... Tragically, my son Jordan took his own life, and um, at that moment, I kind of had to reassess everything that I knew, stepped away from my consultancy business for how long, I didn't know, but ultimately, that ended up being a permanent uh, decision made in, in 2020, and as a result of that, um, founded the Jordan Legacy, a charitable business to, to work particularly in the area of suicide prevention, and has now become my uh, full-time uh, work and and career and, and life really
1: and i think it's just obviously i've been following your story um steve and obviously the work those guys all do it's it's such a uh a big thing that we all need to do and challenge and um yeah just i've just seen everything you've been doing is just incredible so hats off to you I don't know if you want to add anything
3: paul joe no i think we all have a passion of suicide prevention and it's it's why we're all um doing these kind of things and like I say, we do a community work. We've been doing that for the last three years, and we know how much it's needed out there. And um, if we can get everybody, um, awareness is key. And if we can get everybody talking, then um, we're going to help somebody somewhere, aren't we? So yeah, good. And I think Joe, um, you guys met because it's interesting. You you never knew
1: me and Paul. Had met, Steve, did you?
4: Yeah, I didn't. And we know. kept that secret yeah, for th- yeah. kept that secret for you yeah, until yeah. today.
1: Um, and I just thought it'd be just nice because obviously. Um, you met Steve in a different capacity, you know, doing his new line of work um, and he was like so inspiring and, and just you was buzzing to get him on the show. Um, but equally, um, Steve, when, when, when you taught me so much about social media um, and the you know, I saw you in, in in your you know in the other work he was doing, um. So it's just really interesting to get on the show because the idea of the show is obviously one we want to spend um spread a lot of um, awareness around mental health and, and suicide prevention. That's one, but we also always talk a, a little bit about technology as well, and and quite interesting. Joe, we had a, a, you know, a media expert on last week, didn't we, and Jack, um, you know, digital marketing agency, and it was just nice to sort of talk about that. Like, you know, um the pitfalls of of social media, because in some breath, you know, it can be really bad, people say, but then um, I think it just shines a light in so many good things as well. What would you say, Steve, on that?
2: well, I think it's really interesting. I mean, one of the things, obviously, you've got my before and after life, effect Uh, I almost went into a Ricky Gervais moment then Um, but um, you're right and and many of those skills that I developed over those years um, that you saw me speak about Leon uh, have been instrumental in in what we've been able to achieve with the Jordan legacy so far, my my ability to be a a corporate speaker to understand how social media works, how to engage an audience um, have all been um, instrumental in, in what I feel and certainly others have said been the success of what we've achieved with with the jordan legacy it was almost as if i was building up to to something like this in many respects um but equally we've got the other side you know and i'm speaking to you know many people at the moment who whose children particularly are, are struggling you know with with how they've been impacted via social media their expectations Uh, that are placed upon them at the moment so as with most things in life there there are positives and clear kind of negatives um, to to these type of type of things uh, that, that we're using.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
4: so I I, I'd like to okay. I'd like to jump in there, really. And um, I think, Steve, there's there's possibly some work that we, we can do together as well. Um, I'm, we're just getting our funding through for, for the, the final year of, of the Suicide Prevention Programme. Um, and I really want to concentrate on children and young people this year. It's a must, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and something that um, we, we've had lots of conversations around is around the social media, um, and especially of, of children and young people. So perhaps, um, you know, as four can get our heads together outside of this podcast to look at what we could do. Um, you know, it's all part of Humber Coast and Vale. You're certainly within our area, Steve. So it, it makes for really good. It makes good sense to me that we, we can um, kind of help each other, I guess, in, in our quest moving forward to reduce suicide. So... Absolutely,
2: Joe. And and just a couple of points, uh, a kind of reference, uh, given the nature of of today's podcast, uh, we're uh, hosting yet another live Zoom conference on June the 25th, uh, which is digital uh, life-saving systems, well, human and digital life-saving systems. Um, And this is particularly about engaging the tech sectors um, around the discussion about what is currently working well as far as suicide prevention is concerned and what can be improved. And uh, I think this segues really nicely. I was like, we planned this, uh, Leon, um, to a conversation I had just yesterday uh, with a young lady uh, in Toronto, in Canada. Uh, I was alerted to her by another one of my connections on LinkedIn in the States uh, to listen to a podcast of this 14-year-old young lady who, um, uh, just a phenomenal story. She, um, as a result of uh, a... a a pupil at the school she was at taking his own life and having tweeted that he was feeling very low just almost minutes before. In her own mind, she questioned, you know, how many people saw that tweet? What could possibly have been done to, to have prevented that? And she's always had a real interest in, in engineering and tech. So she started working on some coding, put some ideas together for a platform, um, and then went to MIT uh, in the States well-known research uh, uh, university, uh, got in touch with the research department and said, look, you seem to be doing lots of great research around cancer treatments and everything else, but what are you doing about mental health? I've got this idea. The director of the research department at MIT said, well, come and join our projects. She then got in touch with Microsoft, said pretty well the same thing. And they said, well, come and join our sustainability team. This is 14 years old, the most articulate, incredible, passionate, humble uh, individual you've ever met. And she's going to be one of our panellists on June the 25th, uh, live in from, from Canada. And um, just mind-blowing, you know, mm-hmm. and this is what young people are, are, are doing and um, are just a phenomenal young person doing some great things around mental health and suicide prevention.
3: That just shows how technology can help, in it? Yeah, and I, and I think...
1: I it, I get goosebumps when I hear stories like that because technology is an enabler in it Steve and it's just it's like anything you know it's, it's this education piece um it, and we have to educate ourselves on the on the best of it <clears throat> but like anything there's always a the worse side of it and I think all we can do is could just keep trying to shine that that positive light and use it for the positive um and and, and we can't con- only control we can control is, is what I would say
4: but I, I agree with Stephen. It was only just the other day I had a conversation with um, uh, two 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 women um, from our, our local area, and um, one of one of their concerns was um, somebody uh, a young man had taken his life last year, and um, it since then came up that actually he'd told his story. He he'd told um, a, a few of his friends what he was he was planning and how he was feeling. Um, and for whatever reason um, that hadn't been acted on to gain another great opportunity to look at how do we work with our children and young people how do we educate them around this? Um, how do we help them feel safe? Because that must be one of the scariest things. You know, you, you imagine telling a young person that you're going to take your life and how scary that must feel. So, we need to be able to make them feel uh, more confident, yeah, be able to talk out and feel safe about supporting somebody. So, again, there's a piece to do there. Um, you know, we've got lots to do. We've got lots to do. Always have. Always, always have, have, Joe. Always, always have.
1: have. So, I think then, I think, because um, I want to, I, I always love the podcast to, uh, um, there's loads of information on 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 Steve. He's all over social media. He's a he's a social media um, yeah, guru, king kingpin. You know, um,
3: you know. I've still got my
1: notes. Um, I, I checked my notes last night
3: from it. Yes. I still use absolute gold. I still use some of the techniques gold. that Steve taught us that day about LinkedIn.
1: Exactly. So I think what's nice is I want I want to learn about oh, steve yeah. um you know what makes him tick and and because I, I think there's just absolute gold in i help others so should we shall we get straight into question one joe let's go let's okay. get out
4: so steve what are one to three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life
2: goodness me i know when you sent me that question i mean i do read a, a lot of books and um probably could have had had 300 but yeah there, there were three three for me that kind of stood out um one that i first read in the uh, early 1990s, when I became familiar with uh, Tony Robbins or Anthony Robbins, um, the great American kind of motivator and uh, multi, um, um, multi millionaire, probably by now through the work he's done. But awaken the giant oh, yeah, within. No, say that again he'll probably be a billionaire I would think so at least yeah but awaken awaken the giant within was the first book that I was alerted to Uh, and what I particularly liked about that that book was that he was still very early on in his career to some degree but what he would chosen to do was Um, really take all the experience and knowledge from other highly successful people right back to people like Napoleon Hill coming forward uh, and think and grow rich and all those and and then distilled it into this fantastic book um, that that was a real practical guide around things you could do to awaken that giant within within you and, and be successful and it's one of the things I always liked about Anthony Robbins was that if you listen to his tapes or see there were tapes when back then, um, is that, you know, he would challenge you as if he was talking to you on a cassette tape about, you know, just make sure you listen to this now and do that. And it was like he was talking to me and I kind of really like that, that personal touch, um, you know, certainly back there in the 90s. So that was one book. Another book that will be pretty obscure to, to most of your listeners, I would think, is a book called The Greatest Miracle. Um, by a a chap called Og Mandino. Um, Now, similarly, I was introduced to that book in in the 90s. Um, And um, Og Mandino, um, well-known author, particularly around uh, the kind of Christian faith. Now, I'm not a particularly religious person or spiritual person, but his books, I kind of just consume these small paper books back books because they were just stories that were not obviously religious as such but they they just had these great ethics about them and great stories and they were just very reassuring books uh to me and um, um so the greatest miracle was a great one um uh, and um, more recently, um, in my, my new role in life, I suppose, Matt Haig, um, phenomenal writer in the mental health world and reasons to stay alive. Um, and his other books, um, uh, just just a phenomenal writer. And as someone who's been there, standing at the edge of a cliff, you know, uh, about to, to jump off, um, you know, clearly his stories resonate hugely. Uh, with me, so yeah, Joe. They're they're my my top um, three.
4: Thank you very much.
3: Anyone heard of any of them? Um, Tony Robbins. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've actually done all the tapes. Um, I remember at, when I was at my lowest. Um, yeah. Leon taking me under his wing, and I sat in his spare bedroom for six weeks.
1: I locked him in a room, Steve, what? with um, Tony Robbins. As I said, Paul, you need to come to me. Out. I've been told the seminars. I just basically locked him in a room. I said you've got to turn up here every day. I didn't know how to help him apart from putting Tony Robbie done in a room. I'll tell you what, it was good. It was
3: good, yeah. Um helped me find myself again and um I forgot I'm here now, that. aren't I? I forgot I'm here now. I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't know no, that. I forgot all about that. Oh, I never forget, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm here now, so it worked. <laughs> yeah,
1: good um, and you had any, any of the ones?
4: Uh, not the other ones I've I've heard of a working the giant within um and that, that's that comes up as a sort of regularly. And, come he, to, yeah, he, know,
1: I, I, and I think Steve, I don't know yourself, but I had the pleasure of working with him and he just takes something that's really really complex. A lot of it's already out there, but he just sort of is able to sort of pierce your heart with it in such a simple way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um he's just an expert communicator, Joe, that's what I'd say. What would you say on that, Steve? Would you agree on that?
2: Yeah I... I think that's it. Um, you know, I, I, I always felt under pressure listening to the tapes. Paul mentioned about listening to the tapes there, and he'd say, Right, I want you to go away and I want you to do this. Uh, and, then, and then he'd leave a gap and then obviously come back onto the tape. And he said, Right, OK, have you, have you really listened to that? Because I've been watching you and, and I'll know. And I go, "Oh, OK. And it was just his style and an and approach. It was very intimate and uh, just works uh, re- really, really well. And
1: Matt Haig, he's just incredible. Just, in, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think um, everyone needs uh, Matt Haig in their life. Um, but I'm going to continue, um, question two, Steve. So question two: um, What is a feel-good song or music that gets you focused on or makes you happy?
2: Yeah, well, I think it's a joint jointly from my my wife and I, both second time around. Uh, for us, and got married in 2014. Um, and because Pharrell was pretty massive in the charts at that time, so there is only one song really, isn't there, that uh, can, can go here, and it's her ringtone still on her phone now, which makes us jump out of our skin when it starts. Uh, but yeah, Happy by uh, Pharrell.
4: oh Oh, great yeah i'm I'm, steve i also second time around marriage got married in 2014 oh wow and um, walked back down the aisle to happy happy did you yeah dear no absolutely it is a chill. i'm filling up i didn't i didn't walk down the aisle to it but i walked back out to it and i had the biggest smile on my face ever tune
3: it is a chill. You should have danced out the album. Well, I
4: did actually. There, there is a picture of me doing a bit of a. There as I go. was walking out. But I wanted to, you know, I was a little bit older and I had to be sensible and behave myself on my wedding day for a little while. Never.
1: <laughs>
3: no, never. 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 <laughs> never. never. Next question. Oh, I like this one. What purchase of £50 or less, Steve, has had most positively impacted your life in the last six months?
2: Oh, this was a, re- again, probably I answered this one a bit last minute, uh, maybe, um, uh, as I probably did with most of the questions in fairness, but, uh, um, so this was a tough one to think about. So I've gone with one uh, that um, it's not been purchased within the last six months or so, but it's been uh, fairly important to me and, and and a tip for everyone I speak to at the moment, but, um, and that is a text expander app. There you go. That's um Stunned you all into silence, isn't um, is not it? I don't want so to educate what. I think I know what it is. <laughs> Now now in fairness, I might have shared this at my LinkedIn talk back in 2019, but uh, some years ago as I was was I was teaching That's LinkedIn, I was introduced cheating. to the world of the text expander. Say that again.
4: That's cheating from 2019. That's n- well out of six months. It pays for it monthly though. But that. it's oh, well
2: right. out, but, but I but but I've been using it extensively, and there's kind of a it kind of it does segue into to what we're doing really here. But um, but this small app um, is essentially a way of being able to create templated messages to to reply where you're going to be pretty well talking about the same theme uh, each time, and um, you simply assign an abbreviation. To, to the message. And whether you're in LinkedIn, Facebook, an email, wherever you are, you just type in the abbreviation and pop the message goes in. And you just edit it before you send it, add the person's name in. Well, um, the reason why I chose that was that, that um I was explaining when we were off air that I shared a post um, that was actually published an article by North Yorkshire Police last week for Mental Health Awareness Week. And it was um, Jordan's story. And it was particularly focused on that that moment when it all happened and my interaction with Jordan just prior to that. Um, And I don't think North Yorkshire police or myself really anticipated what was going to happen, but um, their Facebook page must be somewhere around about 4 million views. My own LinkedIn post at almost three and a half million views. And suddenly what happened was from Tuesday last week, I I just got this huge outpouring um, from phone calls to WhatsApp messages to, to LinkedIn messages. And I thought, know how do I tackle this? I can't even get near the comments that are on the post because there were just too many. So I thought I did want to reply to uh, those people that personally messaged. And I kind of set myself stall out on Tuesday of last week, spent 13 hours on the Tuesday, then got into Wednesday and Thursday and through the weekend, just gone. Um, And um, although most of the message was thanking people um, genuinely for, for getting in touch and their personal message, and then in adding some links to the work that I was doing so people knew. I did start a second paragraph that just said on a personal note and left a blank. So in a lot of cases, not every case, but where it was appropriate where someone had sent a particularly poignant story about their own loss or or message, I was able to add just a note. It might have been two or three lines, but it, but it was personalised. So, you know, it's a wonderful little tool. You can get it on the web as well, and um, it, it just that allowed me to be able to respond to people in well you, you're probably questioning whether it's authentic now or not but you know at the end of the day i did reply to everybody and they got more than just a thanks and a heart uh at the end of the day because let's face it with the dozens of messages I, I just wouldn't have been able to type out an individual i think reply. that
4: is authentic steve i think you know don't you don't take anything away from that when you when you're spending 13 hours responding to people that's authentic enough i think
1: yeah 100 percent um, and, and it's just about being um, clever with your processes, isn't it, you know? Um, well, there we are, you see. I, I
2: knew that would resonate with you. There,
1: yeah, it, it resonates with me, Steve. I'm dyslexic, so I, I've used apps like that for, for years. And if I didn't, I couldn't communicate. Um, yeah. Oh well, no. Let me let me re- roll it back. I could communicate, but just no one <laughs> understand the word I was saying. Um, so no, I think that's a, a great use of technology, and, and that's exactly how it should be done because that means that you can still respond. You can, it, it, There's a there's a lot of thought and meaning on into actual message that you've put in there, which are your own words, and it allows you to actually um get off the tech and actually connect with people um, who are actually within your circle. You know um, so yeah, incredible, an incredible story on that
4: just going you know going back into that as well like we, we talk about social media and you know that i'm always mixed but for steve for you to have that kind of response um just shows again the good in social media and um you know you, you've just told us a story about somebody that you're um talking to in canada um and that you've invited them along to your conference um, and again we wouldn't be we wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago. So again, just shows the power, really, um, of what technology does in, and, and that we can really put it to good use. Um, and I'm so pleased that you've had the response that you have. Um, and it must be very bittersweet. I know when I speak with Carol, um, who's our chair um, and has lived experience, um, everything's bittersweet for her. And often in meetings, when we do our, our, um, our groups, um, and we talk, we get very excited about the things that we've achieved, but they always come with, a, a, you know, a stab for Carol because it's the fact that she lost her son, that she sat there, and that must, you know, be the same for you as well. That actually, it's a really bittersweet.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting, Joe, because I've just come off the back of a phone call this morning with someone and that question was asked. And, you know, pe- people ask me, you know, how do I feel about what's happening and what I'm doing? And, and um, you know, I've said to many people right now, I feel this is, you know, when I get up in the morning, and I remember I turned to my wife this morning and I was pretty weary. It was a full on day yesterday. And um, I just kind of said, here we go again. And I thought it was a really interesting line yeah. um, that I said, because at the moment I feel it's something um, I very much have to do rather than want to do, mm-hmm. which is odd um, because I want to do it in my son's memory. But 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 equally, I'm driven to do this, I think, at the moment. And I kind of wonder if there will, will come a point, uh, when you use the term excited, whether whether I will come to a point where... I don't know if "enjoy" is the right word, but 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 I do get a kind of buzz and excitement, and and feel inspired by what I'm doing, rather than just feel this is what I have to do right now. And and I kind of get up, and it's head down, and and, and off we go again. So yeah, I wonder if that time will will come.
1: And I think I think um, Steve, um, this might you know shed some light. And um, me and Paul have had this conversation at times. Um, sometimes you know when we're Doing the work we do, we always talk and focus about um, one man. It's our goal of Andy's Man Club. We talk about that that next man, and there's been that many men who've walked through the door, um, but but seeing them walk home and go home to the mother, you know, the the, the the wives, you know, plug back into the families, um, it does become like you've mentioned there in terms of um, we have to get up and we have to go. We don't miss a Monday night. Um, but, I think it becomes this uh like like you unfortunately have seen this such a huge problem there, and yeah. um, I believe you know when we and you first met Joe, you know in terms of it's we've all got to solve the problem um it's not just it's the problem's so big, so huge, um we have to all come together and we have to you know we we're on the back of mental health awareness, and it's fantastic to see um but on the other side, every day is mental health awareness, you know it doesn't stop yeah. um. And all we can do is you know use the skills that we've all got especially like your skills we've got to keep um, banging that drum we've got to get that message out because not everyone's ready to receive that message um but we've got to keep going and you was burnt out the the week weren't you joe you know uh, um, and, and we all go through that stage where we're all burnt out but the, the impact we're doing you know just imagine this is what gives me goosebumps imagine one person just listening to this story and find out what the training imagine just one other person just taking a bit of inspiration from maybe the books that, you know, reading one of them books that you've just mentioned, Steve. Um, and that's what oh, I hope Steve gives you focus to drive what you're doing. So I've been watching what you're doing. Um, and, and we need to keep doing more and supporting you and another bit. we all need to do more, don't we?
2: Oh, and, oh no, I, I agree 100% yeah. Leon. And and look, you know, I do get many, many personal messages and calls and, and, and stories where, You know, I'm told of the very specific impact that my post or sharing the messages had on people. And, and, you know, I just take one out of the thousands this week where a guy said, you know, I've been struggling for some time. I've just read your post. I can't think about what the impact me taking that decision would have on my family. So he said, I finally picked up the phone today and phoned a counselor that I've been putting off for ages. And, you know, when you see messages like that, you think, right, job done there. did you
0: know how easy it could be to save a life? Sometimes, Sometimes all you have all to you do have is, to talk. is talk. It's time to talk suicide. Sign up to the Talk Suicide campaign today for free training and advice at talksuicide.co.uk. Save a life
3: today.
4: Talk suicide.
3: Um, it's it's why well yeah. we can't stop and won't stop. Yeah,
4: I think. I think it is a roller coaster, though, isn't it, Stephen? And I don't have. The emotions um in quite the same way that steve has and i know the i know the roller coaster for me and and i've used that phrase quite a few times steve and i get up and think we go again we go again we go again and just keep saying it, um and we will we we go again We'll, we'll just keep going won't we and i think you know hopefully in the future um you perhaps will feel um you maybe not feel excited, but you'll you'll just continue seeing the good stuff that you that you're doing and the impact. I think it's the impact. That's the bit that we get excited about. Is every time we set up a new service, we know that we can potentially save lives, and that's the excitement. And um, you know, there's always the two sides to it.
1: And it takes us nicely because you know, as we're talking there, you know, um, oh, it's me. Yeah, it is but I'll jump in. LPG, I'm I'm like that. Um, <laughs> do you have a do you have a lesson from a failure? Or is that right? That might help someone.
2: Um, yeah, it's, um, I suppose there are numerous really, uh, Leon, so it's hard for me to kind of pick out one in, in particular, but, uh, um, I, I, suppose that there's been a number of life lessons for me. I won't bore you to death with them all, but some of them have been significant and of my own making in most cases as, as it is for most of us, I suppose. But, uh, um, yeah, the, the, the lesson really is, is, you know, believe in yourself um and 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 you know don't um don't don't keep kind of chasing i suppose um you know the material things in life but kind of just believe in yourself and when those challenges really happen you you kind of dust yourself off and get back on the horse again it's a little bit like we were just talking about before and that's all i've done um you know whether I was born with that resilience developed it um you know I didn't have some horrendous upbringing as a child you know that, that built that into me um but I just did yeah whatever I went through at the time was 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 not great but I just got up the next day got on and dusted myself off and and carried on really so so I think yeah that's my um my kind of lesson in in life uh, I'm still learning yeah so
1: Every day is a lining day. Yeah. You can plug back in, J. From.
4: Is this your question? No, it's yours. Well, go on then. What is the favourite quote or saying that if you could share with everyone in, in the world, what is it and why?
2: Well, it's a quote I was introduced to really recently, John. I'm going to put my specs on to read this because I kind of opened it up on Google again. But... Um, it's from heath ledger um and of course uh, we, we know Heath's story and you know shortly well while well, the filming of batman movie was still going on of course and um but the, the quote from him that i was introduced to just a couple of weeks ago was everyone you meet always asks you if you have a career a married or owner house as if life was some kind of grocery list but no one ever asks you if you're happy
3: I love
1: it Wow, it's powerful, isn't it? And and, 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 I, and I think what what that is for me, I me, you know what you, Paul, but um, we 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 are on this search aren't We at times and we don't actually get taught about what happiness is, do we?
3: No, no, we don't. And what do we class? What do we class as happy? What does some people? Some people like what Steve said: chase material things when. I've I've realized during um covid and lockdown over the last year and a half the things that make me happy um don't cost a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah and it, and it's you know simple things in it and mm. you got yeah, and it's just the way I think it's the way we design though Steve would not you say you know we, we want we we always want more when we look at marketing it's then then we get an iPhone or an Apple phone and there's the Apple phone two or the iPhone, you know, it all changes, doesn't it? Um, and we get into that, that, that sense where we we get wrapped up in getting that next thing, um, rather than just being present.
2: I think it's a societal thing and and really interesting because this kind of dovetails with what Joe was saying about working with young people. I spoke to, to another quite incredible young lady, um, A couple of weeks ago, Um, she's 19 years old, based in London, Uh, she herself um, uh, has depression, uh, clinically diagnosed and and takes uh, antidepressants for that. Um, She's from an Asian background, so culturally there's a huge stigma around this. Um, her, she told me that her father constantly asking her "What? why are you taking those tablets you know I don't understand it and um, so she's coming from that background but um, she has recently launched a website aimed at supporting children providing tools and, and um, particularly in at school school age teenage school age um, and uh, is launching a toolkit as well to support them um, but I asked her a question I, I said what why is it we're seeing such a a huge growth in young people struggling with their mental health and, and suicides of 11 and 12 year olds. You know, I've seen and heard of half a dozen in the last week. Um, what, why is this happening in your view? Um, what is the challenge for young people? And she said, it's competition. I said, well, what what do you mean by competition? She said, well, look, take me. I'm 19 years old. I've got a 14-year-old brother. What he is experiencing going through school at the moment in terms of expectations, targets, all these things is beyond anything I experienced just five years ago. So he's faced with all these pressures to achieve at, at that age. Then like me he's got to consider that move to university because that's an expectation now so there's the expectation to 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 go to university um and of course when you get to university of course you've got the student debt um now jordan died with a student debt in the 20 thousands you know um which was written off as a result of him taking his own life so there's a an irony if you like that that's how he got rid of his student debt um so Young people have got this pressure on. And then, of course, they considered leaving university and can I get a job? Um, and can I get on the housing market? And she said houses have gone so far, if you look at London particularly, so far beyond the reach of a young person. But even if they can get on the ladder, can they afford a holiday? And so all these pressures in a very early part of their life build. And then they go on social media. And they look at these people that suddenly set up a YouTube channel and made millions, apparently, overnight, not necessarily. Allegedly. allegedly. Um, And then they start to compare themselves and they see these images on Instagram, TikTok or wherever, and they look at themselves and go, that's not me. I'm not happy with me. I'm not happy with my face looks. Next, I'm not happy with the way my body looks. Um, I'm not eating the right stuff. And. She said life is just a constant comparison and competition for young people that they cannot possibly ever win at.
4: And that really hit home
2: to me. And, and, and this is the issue. And this goes back to what Joe was saying, that right now, in terms of suicide prevention, we are putting, we're damming, we're, we're, we're blocking the dam. That's all we're doing at this moment. We have to go right back to schools, tell kids they're OK, let them know. That it's not about what they achieve in life but it's about who they are and and build and give them that that resilience in life so they can go out into the world and cope with it
3: steve i've been doing of i've been doing a lot of work just recently um, my company's got accreditation now to deliver first aid for mental health to to the youth and i think what you've just said um i've been studying a lot on and it's absolutely spot on what you've just said about expectation and competition and the pressures that um, our youth are put under today is extreme. Um, some pressures are good, but a lot of it. Once it, it, I, I went through it with my. It's my youngest son's twenty third birthday today, and I went through the expectation part of it. He was he was going into the navy from thirteen years of age, and he went through cadets. He went through all his naval training. Um, at 16 prior to actually going into the Navy. And I didn't know in the last year of his training, he didn't want to go in. He didn't want to go in. And we didn't know we'd supported him 100% 100% what he wanted to do was back in him. And I could see him getting and if anybody knows my youngest is the happy score lucky lad um, it never changes. But I noticed the change in him. He was a little bit anxious. He, he was a little bit moody and that wasn't him. So I said to the wife, I've got a feeling he didn't want to go in the Navy. And she went No, no, it's what he's wanted to do since he was 13. So I said, I want to have a word with him. So we went for a walk. And we always go and play football crossbar challenge He has not won in 20 odd years. I've got a, I've got a left foot from God, right. So <laughs> I went, and I just called it out. I just called it out. And I said to him, Do you want to go? And he went, Dad? No. So I said, why? And this was seven weeks before he went into training. So he said, um, because I thought it was what you and my mum always wanted of me. We said yes, because that's what. So we had the conversation now he's a dry liner and happy-go-lucky lad again. But it was the expectation what he thought of us and we thought we'd been supportive. And luckily I spotted it and um, we had that conversation and it went a different route, but how many people might not want to go to university, but it's what their family have expected of them from a young age. So yeah, um, yeah. spot on what you say, Steve. I love that,
1: Steve. Uh, uh,
2: sorry, just I, I think there's two things for me came through really loud and clearly. Paul, one is you know being alert to the signs, you know taking the time just just to question what you're seeing, and and and, and then most importantly, you know, be brave enough uh, and, and conscientious enough to 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 take the time to go and have that walk and a talk um you know we all have these busy lives and sometimes we just don't take that time so you know that's what it's about for me two things am i observant am i looking out for the signs and if i do see any am i prepared to have that that what might be quite a difficult conversation but just broach it head on really important yeah
4: absolutely right no no, no huge I think um, the other thing as well. I've been sort of really thinking about the the um, Heath Ledger quote because that, that was really powerful for me and it's one that would probably stand out actually um, and that people don't ask if you're happy and when you really sort of pair that back a bit that's a really quite personal question you don't think it is, it's just a word, are you happy? but actually it's a really personal question and I wonder what it is about us that stops us, prevents us from asking that question because it's quite a tricky one to ask
2: yeah, I think it. In fairness, I, I think it has to be phrased in a different way, maybe along the lines of "What is it that makes you happy?" Yeah. Um, because I think ask if you're happy, well, that that is a big, a
4: big question, big, isn't big it?
2: question. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I. I don't think I'd be comfortable or know quite how to answer that question myself
4: no yeah me me either it's uh yeah so it's um, just interesting i've really kind of been reflecting on it since you first said it so it's a uh,
2: great
1: question
4: so- uh, go again knowing what you know now what advice would you give yourself or others at 18 and what advice should you ignore don't read
2: yeah yeah don't read but yeah this kinda kind of goes back to question four i think really but but yeah, I'd say I was so focused. You know, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. And then when I reached 30, it was moved to 40. Uh, then it was still an ambition by the time I was 50. And then I got past there and thought, oh, what the heck, um, really. So um, <laughs> stop striving for material things in life. And on a serious note now, um, when I kind of have reflected, which I have done a, a lot in the last 18 months, um, focus on being a better person. That's really what I would say. And that's not to be necessarily harsh on myself, uh, but, but there are aspects of my uh, character's behaviors and traits uh, years gone by that I'd say, yeah, you, you needed to kick those into touch and, and have been a better person at those times. So, um, you know, the kind of a part B to that question isn't there really um, success in the material sense is not everything by a long stretch of the imagination.
1: No, huge, and I'm speechless for a second because it's such a big way you answered that in it, and in terms of, um, but then also huge in terms of how great is it that you've noticed that in yourself, Um, so you can put them bits, them actions, um, and it's about that journey, isn't it?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, self reflection is really important, isn't it? And 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 being able to sort of pick up on those things that may be out helpful to yourself or to others. Um, if we can change those behaviours, then that's that's absolutely fantastic. But um, you know, it often takes us quite a long time to get to that point where we recognise that, and some people never do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think it is it is really really important. But it's also about us um, being able to have those conversations with each other as well, because often you don't know how you're coming across with us and we do need to start having a little bit more of an honest conversation and because i really really welcome being told if i'm doing something wrong thank <laughs> you um you know i got a t- i got a telling off of my my dad the other day because I'd, I'd he was going to do the the i was going to look after my dog for me but i didn't end up going because i thought they were, it was putting pressure on them so I just didn't ring them to tell them and my dad never tells me off you know but I, he went and he said got the waggy finger out that's serious you let us know and you know what as soon as you told me i thought right i won't be doing that again um so actually being told about your behaviors that other people don't particularly like i think is is really helpful but we you know everybody takes it as a criticism they get all prickly and defensive but actually it's wonderful well well,
2: well, sorry just on that note there leon um, you're right because i because i i do um openly embrace um people uh, letting me know my faults but nevertheless it's still it's painful it does remind me of myself and my wife when in the very early days my wife is French so occasionally although her English is probably way better than mine um, there are moments where a little Frenchness comes out and in the language but um, she she, did, I do remember a plainer's day saying to me one day oh um, do you mind if I just make a small criticism about, about something you've done I said yeah no I, I don't want you to to uh, give me any criticism. What you can do is is actually explain an opportunity for improvement yeah, to me, and we use that now every day. Uh, so whenever she's going, I said, no, "Is this an opportunity for improvement? It's not a criticism, is it?" Just, like
4: checking, just checking,
2: just right. checking with you. So,
1: no, and it, and I think that's a great story in in terms of we had another great guest, didn't we, Steve um, Cockrum, and um, he had a, he had some he had a set of tools. And it's a bit, it basically said, do you actually know what it's like to be on the other side of you? So imagine a mirror. And it's really got me thinking that a lot. And and when you were talking then, Steve, it just got, it triggered them thoughts again. Um, Because again, like in all the work we're all doing and just in life in general, I think when we bring technology into it or any of it is the, the number one is being able to communicate. That's the hardest thing. And half the time, what we meet, what we think, we, what we think and what we say, um, something sort of disconnects between this bit, doesn't it? You just go, it does not always come across right and it, and it's just so difficult, isn't it? But without that feedback, um we don't know where to go, do we? Like that. Who's next? We don't know, do we? It's like I'll go next because i go are gonna finish off aren't you, Joe? Um um what's the worst advice you've had in your life um in work or in in business?
2: Oh, gosh! Again, I think I missed this this one as well because I couldn't. Again, it was really hard for me to think what what the worst advice uh, I've ever had. So that is a difficult one, and, and there isn't one that I can particularly single out here. I'm afraid. So um, I, I'll probably finish the show and go. oh, of course, there was there was that one, but but yeah, um, but yeah, there there isn't one. Um, uh, yeah, unless I can get political and say vote Trump. Uh um, but um is that fine is that okay
1: yeah. well um they're your words steve yeah i was right. never given that advice by the way by anyone, so,
3: uh, yeah. <laughs> he got us out with on that one didn't he um right here we go second to last question um we all at times feel bent out unfocused unenergized overwhelmed what do you do if helpful what questions do you ask yourself steve
2: um, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not one of these that kind of gets too deep and introspective and starts asking myself questions. Um, um, I, I you know, I have to say I probably am working at this too hard. Um, I've been given the word quite a few times in, in recent weeks, by those was pretty close uh, to me. Um, um, my, my way of coping is essentially I'm a keen cyclist. I like to get out on my road bike and, um, you know, that for me is my, my escape really. And, uh, just uh, pedal up the, the hills and the Orchardales, and by uh, increasing age, that gets increasingly difficult, but um, um, but yeah, that that's kind of my routine, get out and do some kind of exercise. I'm also a kind of born-again drummer, so um, I sit behind the kit, and it's interesting because I will play along to you know some of the tunes and some of the tunes were Jordan's favourite tunes and his bands and I kind of stick those on and uh, you know play play along to to those. So yeah, a couple of uh, escape routes for me there.
1: Fantastic and is Harrogate you live? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's got some fantastic cycling. Um I took cycling up myself last year and I, I tried in winter to get a bit fit on the old. Uh, is it? I'm trying to think of the name of the app. And um, but it's, it's got Harrogate. It's not straight, it's got, um,
2: it's swift on swift. Swift. Yeah,
1: swift, yeah, and it's so. I've, I've virtually cycled it, and it, that was tough enough. So, um, let alone with a bit of wind force on this on this body, I don't, I don't think that would be good, but it's a beautiful part of the world. Isn't
2: oh, it is. is. I've done the UCI uh rides and the tour to Yorkshire for the last five years, I've done, and uh, I, I got back into it uh, on my 50th birthday, uh, so a few years ago now, um, and decided to take up a, a, the Alps challenge and did all the big. Tour de France Alps, um, six of them in a weekend. So um, don't think I could quite manage that now. That included Alpe d'Huez and all those. So, um, uh, yeah, not quite sure I'm up to that anymore.
1: It, it, what struck me, I don't know about you guys, but um, just how driven you are, Steve. Um, driven. Where does that come from?
2: I don't know. I've just realised the same, actually, as I've said those words. So, um, uh, yeah, I've, gosh, we could get pretty deep here. I, I think there is a... Uh, yeah that goes back to my childhood probably and uh expectations I placed on myself um yeah we could get into a uh, into a, 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 a psychotherapist conversation yeah, here on it's, that one Leon.
1: just yeah. it's just amazing um yeah. you just flippantly said um <laughs> yeah the Alps and then six of them uh, mm. you know? <laughs> um incredible i love just love the answer um i think it's the um when we go back to you know the, the the books i'm blaming the tony robbins awake in the giant i think that, i think i think he's to blame steve <laughs> what would you say
2: so it's, it's always been there that drive i know that so um yeah and probably like many people I kind of need to prove myself um in, in lots of ways um you know i think we all have that innate need to be recognised for who we are to feel we're achieving something um, if, if we're not maybe told that maybe as much as we'd like to be when we're younger perhaps so um, without getting myself into any more trouble uh, in that line I better uh, I'll quit while I'm ahead
4: yeah. I usually finish off Steve with a question that have been changed um, Leon's very good at keeping Paul and I on our toes, things often change <laughs> so I can't see my last question but I usually ask about is there anything that we should have asked but didn't i actually want to ask you something um and so i think we're going to finish probably in a slightly different way today is there anything that i can do to help you and the jordan legacy um is is the question that i want to ask today because i really do want to help and support in any way that we can
2: yeah no thank you joe and i think you know uh, the the support that i've been receiving and you know just, just but, uh, you know, today, just being able to share my, my story in this way is massive and you contributing to the event the, the other week. Um, but, you know, if we kind of just round up this the answer and say, you know, what the, the Jordan legacy, the charitable organisation is, is about bringing people together. Uh, that want to to have a social impact uh, and prevent suicide and you know we've got four clear layers around a transformational model that we're we're taking out there uh, and that is that you know how do we get communities engaged how do we get workplaces engaged how do we get the digital community engaged and the event of course that you participated in how do we get the built environment around design of bridges and buildings and car parks, etc. how do we get them engaged? Uh, and, and by engagement, we're, we're kind of recognising, and I'll get momentarily political again, is that if we look at our governments and, and what they're doing around suicide prevention, it, it's not enough. We've, we've got, in my view, an institutionalised low ambition where we've got a five-year forward plan launched in 2018 with an ambition to reduce suicides by 10%. Really, is is that the ambition, 10%? Um, And the question now I would have is, why haven't we achieved that then? Um, Almost five years later. So if that's a top-down strategy, what we really need is a ground-up strategy. And if we look at those four layers that I mentioned, what we're doing is going out and saying, look, how would you like to contribute? What could you do in a practical sense? Whether you're a business that puts its own zero-suicide plan in place, or whether it's saying Look, I'll get you on our podcast, we'll share your story, or it's I'm an artist, I can do some art and and you know either get the message out there on a wall or a painting, or um, you know there's a million things that that we could all do to a raise awareness, but b provide some kind of practical. Um, support and whether that's booking yourself on a mental health first aid course or you know getting that knowledge Um, you know if people are prepared to share with us look see this is the one thing I've done Uh, And this kind of really leads us to the conference that we're having at the end of of, of this year. So it's kind of okay to kind of segue into that. And I realize I've got a workshop I'm delivering very soon. I'm probably going to have to move on. We're the same. We've
1: got the same.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) the conference in, in December, Hope for Life UK is about, um, it's going to happen three days before the second anniversary uh, of Jordan's suicide. It's going to take place at the pavilions in Harrogate. We've got accommodation for 150 people already selling tickets, which has been amazing. But it's hope for life. It's going to be a day where we'll have inspiring speakers, stories of hope. Some have come through some some difficult uh, challenges. I'm delighted already that I've got the likes of Johnny Benjamin, MBE, The Stranger on the Bridge, Story has um, offered to speak, uh, and James Ketchell recently seen on BBC News for circumnavigating the globe single-handedly in a gyrocopter. He okay. flew Mike Bushell on the back and terrified him, um, but he did that to to help a million young people to inspire them to achieve their aspirations. He also holds the Guinness Book of Records for a triathlon, which involved. Uh, single-handedly rowing across the Atlantic, cycling around the world and climbing Everest in the same year. So we've got you know some amazing speakers there. But that conference is about inspiring, sharing what we've achieved so far with the Jordan legacy and what our plans are for the next year and how people can contribute towards that. It's got to be about practical action. It's got to be about us measuring an impact. So anything anyone wants to do, Joe yourself, that we can say... Will this have a practical impact on helping to prevent suicide? Let's do it and let's share it and let's talk about it.
1: Love that, Steve. And um, again, um, just wanted, where can people find out a bit more about that as well? The website? Don't drop the- yeah,
2: everything's on the Jordanlegacy.com and particularly on the news and events page, you'll find at the menu there, it's the top uh, entry on that page there.
1: And we'll make sure that we share that out within our posts um, throughout the week. And we make sure that we'll we'll bang that drum um, all the way up until that um, event for you. So, oh, thank you. And again, appreciate your time because you need to go. Um, but I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show, being real, being raw, being honest. Um, and I, it won't be the last time we speak because I, I find you an inspiring speaker. And, and it's just great to have you in our circle. So, thank you
2: for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank, thank you all, Joe, Paul, uh, Leon. Thanks for inviting me.
3: Yeah, I'd just like to thank you, Steve. Um, I've always said awareness is key, and um, I know it's bittersweet, but the awareness you're creating is going to save lots and lots of lives. So it's why we can't stop and won't stop. So thank you. Bye.
0: Latent plug! Think differently about your business IT. Let's face it. It's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.